Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Coaches Club podcast, brought to you by HalftimeCutter.com. My name is Robert Manzi. Yes, it's not Daddy Cook this time. <laughs> and I'm pleased to bring to you a fantastic episode um, with a good friend of mine, someone I, I know very, very well and looking forward to talking to. That's Danny Cook. Um, but Hi. before we begin, um, you catch up on all of our previous episodes on iTunes or on our new website now, which is halftimeclapper.com. So hello, Danny. Hello, Rob. You OK? I'm good, thank you, sir. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. Missing football, missing football. Likewise. <laughs> um, I hope this isn't too strange for you because um, <laughs> you're usually on the other side of the chair, per se, um, anchoring the, and doing a great job of interviewing so many different guests within the grassroots football fraternity. So I, I won't make you feel any, any comfortable or awkward here, but um very looking forward to hearing a little bit more about your coaching story, really, and what brought you to, to coach Hunch of your coaching career. Thank you. No, it certainly feels a little bit different being this side of the mic. I certainly feel a little bit more in the hot seat, and I'm looking forward to a grilling from you. So, it'll be good. <laughs> <Won't> be <laughs> Imagine me and you in the pub having a, having a, a drink and a, and, a, and a meal and having a bit of a chat, but a lot of people listen to us. That's the only difference right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Bring it on. Bring it on. Thank you. Um, so, I, I think the, the best way to really start this, you know, how I, I would like to um kick things off per se just to ask you really um what got you involved in grassroots football coaching yeah great question um so my sort of journey began at the end of my, my youth playing so i was in i believe year seven at the time so i think i was what 12 years old 12 around that sort of age 12 13 and at the time i had an, an, an illness it was luckily not too serious, but it stopped me from doing as much sport as I would like to have done. So uh, just to give a bit of context, uh, prior to that, I would be doing athletics. I would be doing lots and lots of football training, pretty much doing something every evening, all the weekends. I was very active and I was very fortunate, really, uh, that my family sort of gave me the opportunity to do that. So I was quite lucky in that sense. Yeah, so I, I got to around, what, year seven. I don't really know how it happened, but I just had this sort of illness where it sounds silly, but you just felt tired. You felt tired all the time. So I was very fatigued. To some people, it, it might sound like a, a fantastic thing that you uh, you get to sleep all day or in your <laughs> lessons. I was definitely caught napping. A few times, but uh, it's for for someone that's so sporty as me, it wasn't ideal, and it, it definitely was a hard place for me. So during that time, I was kind of at a crossroads, I guess, as to where I go. Do I continue playing football when I when I get better, or, or do I not? So I believe it was around sort of the year eight stage, so sort of one one schooling year after. Uh, the school were really good with with me at the time anyway as I said like going to sleep in lessons and <laughs> missing a lot of school but still still getting by sort of year eight I came back luckily to sort of full fitness full health and they had like a sports leadership program at the school unfortunately I can't remember the name I think it was just sports leaders 
a sports okay. leaders UK or something. And it was like a, a mini qualification. You'd get a bronze, which I think was like 25 hours of coaching or voluntary work. Silver was like 75 and I think gold was like 150. So anyway, as part of this scheme, I got into coaching really in the sense that I started coaching my uh, my own school year's team. So yeah, I was in year eight. Yeah, <laughs> so I was in year amazing. eight. It was it was an interesting experience, and um, I I think certainly sort of planted the seed for for what what was to come. But um, you got to picture this. I, I was year eight. I was thirteen, I think. But I'm a small blonde-haired kid uh, with a high-pitched voice going into a bit of coaching, coaching his his schoolmates, teammates, whatever it may be. And um, it was so much fun, so much fun. Now, thankfully, the the PE teacher at the time he was very good in that sense that he spotted that that was something I was interested in anyway and sort of gave me sort of free reins to take match days Uh, we did unfortunately we didn't really have much training opportunities which on reflection don't really know why but um, I took the, the boys for match days and it was great fun doing all the team talks managing managing the team setting them up yeah it was a lot of fun and um uh, eye-opening experience we, we we lost a lot of games conceded a lot of goals but we had a good laugh and yeah, I guess the proudest achievement from that sense would be when we actually finally won a game <laughs> which uh, for those who are unfamiliar with with the schooling system that was implemented there which was more more of like a primary middle and a high school system oh, okay now, okay yeah, so I don't, I don't know if that was that was something you, Rob, a primary, middle school, and high school system at all. No, no, I mean I don't know if that's because of the counties or, or where different with London, but um, for us as primary and secondary, there isn't really a high school, um, middle year or junior year per se. Um, but okay, so that was what you were working with in, in regards to your, your school system. Yeah, so. And the reason why I say this is because we we were middle school. We were the the top year group in middle school. So we was literally going to go into high school the following year. Now, because of where our school was and where the high school was, we were one of the catchment schools. So what what made it quite funny that 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 one game we did win, it was actually against the the other school that was the catchment for the for the high school. So we. You know, in essence, we we kind of won against ourselves, which <laughs> which became evident in uh, in our high school years because I don't think we won any if if many games as a, as a, as a year group. So <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I I finished my my middle school management uh, career with a win. So I, I I left that role on on a high note. That's for certain, but. Just again, just going all the way back, really, I guess one of the the earliest sort of seeds in which in which this sort of leadership element was was planted was during primary school when I was, I want to say, like year three, year four. Hey, so about six or seven. Yeah. Now, I didn't know this. I didn't know this was something that I would like to pursue as a as a career, but I knew it was something that I I loved and I got a lot of joy out of uh, out doing. And that was because (laughs) it sounds weird, but um, the the 
school at the time, I think we had a, a music teacher. She was, I think, ill or off. And for whatever reason, they didn't get a uh, substitute teacher in. So they uh, <laughs> they sent us, like our class, I mean, it was only a small class, I think. There was only like 15 people in a class. They sent us out to go and help with younger year groups with their, their lessons and be like a, a teaching assistant for that, that one hour, which we would have music for. And I have to say, I absolutely loved that. That was so much fun. I can't remember necessarily what we did from sort of lesson to lesson, but it was so much fun just interacting and working and helping those younger, younger kids. And I think, there. So, so you were saying um, that age of six or seven, you were helping, what age group was it? Was it like reception year or year yeah, one? Yeah, I, I didn't specify. Yeah, it was like um, reception. Reception, I think the the highest we went would have been like year one. Now, I think there was maybe one or two occasions, and maybe I'm pushing the boat because my memory is terrible, um, <laughs> but I think there was the odd occasion where we did some kind of sports leadership stuff, maybe not tied into this this music teacher, maybe a wider, wider school program, but there was definitely elements of leadership activities that I particularly enjoyed during sort of my early schooling days and especially as I say like just just helping people and developing them I think I really took a shine into. Okay I think what sounds like to me there quite quite clearly um, I don't know if this is something that you thought of is that um, you've always had maybe an innate will to develop and work with others um, a certain level of maturity because I'm not sure many other six or seven year olds have the patience to sit down and speak to a younger person and, and talk them through something. So um, that, that's really interesting because I think the coaching particularly is quite um, inherent in you. There's something that people like to do, but maybe it gets developed over time. But it seems if you were a bit of a prodigy, um, of sorts, <laughs> at, at the age of six or seven, you're already masterminding your, your way of communication and man management and uh, developing others and understanding their needs and tailoring your your responses um, so that's really <laughs> insightful and very very interesting um no problem no problem just to, just to be clear obviously i'm not you know when i was six or seven i wasn't coming up with my system <laughs> to play or my philosophy uh you know, i could probably be lucky if i spelt spelt those words correctly by that point <laughs> well, the start i just got huge head off a six-year-old daddy cook <laughs> running around the classroom <laughs> and saw that everyone's problem it was, it was amazing um uh, so, so touching that a little bit more um on the leadership course that you, you you mentioned the different tier groups did you go for the, the silver or the gold or did you go for the bronze well how many hours did you do at that age because you're only 13 i think you mentioned when you were doing it what, what how many hours did you do coaching at that time yeah so um i was really lucky because i did Obviously, the stuff with the, the school team and, you know, as I say, the boys were really good with me, actually, because um, you know, I'm, I'm sure some people or have probably been in that environment where you're 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 almost seen as like a, a peer or as a mate. Um, so they, they took to me really well, um, whether they like me or not. I don't know. It's a different matter. But um, <laughs> and likewise, if they thought I was any good again, probably not. 
but they, to be fair to them, they respected me. They gave me the opportunity to um, experiment. Like I say, I, I, you know, one of one of the memories, and I cannot remember why, <laughs> and I can't remember what I put, but I think for one of those games, I, I remember printing out a sheet of paper that had like individual notes, individual slips. And I remember cutting them out and giving them to the players before the game. And I don't know why. Looking back, I really don't know why. That sounds a really silly thing for a 13-year-old boy to do. But I, I don't know. Like, I think that curiosity and creativity, I think I wanted to, to try new things, even early doors, uh, when it came to leadership. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's, I think, quite clear, really, from that. I mean, so these the slips, you're, you're saying that you were just give people like going like position that was a long time ago now but was it stuff like uh, we need to work on or what the player needs to do in the game or just reinforcing what they were doing or, or was this general stuff that you thought be helpful to each player mm, I, I mean I wish I, I could say it was system <laughs> to play um, individual tactical insight probably not uh, I will endeavour to find them somewhere if there's a copy but uh, no I mean it was more from what I can remember, it was probably more sort of attempting to be motivational and attempting to reinforce in a positive way what qualities they bring to the team and how valuable they are, really. Which, again, sounds silly in a schooling environment where, you know, not not being funny, we, we got hammered quite a few games, but it was, it was a good laugh. Yeah, I also think it's, it's the thought process, isn't it? It's the, it's the understanding and the rationale which you've explained quite clearly right now behind why you were doing that, which I think will be a, a, the key takeaway here. It, uh, the results are, are, are what they are, but it's a thought and the understanding behind it. So that's, that's really good to hear. Um, so you explained that at a very young age, you were kind of sadly through on this, but it gave you the opportunity to, to experiment and test out working as a, as a coach or assistant. Um, you were a school teacher. And you were getting an idea of you know, working with players and you were leader on match days. On the match days, because I can imagine it's quite a tense environment, were you there on your own or did you have your coach work alongside you and you were assisting him or her? Mm. So match days was quite interesting because from what I can remember, it was very much I did the team talk, so I set the team up. I had a whiteboard, a portable Ooh. whiteboard. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, a Poundland special, I think, or a WH Smiths back <laughs> in the day. It was it was only a small little thing, A4 size, with uh, my my setup on there. But um, yeah, the the so the teacher he was instrumental in this because he empowered me. But he essentially just ref the games. I think he oversaw maybe what I did, but didn't really take in much off me. Um, I think he originally like this. The, the image on my Instagram uh, that showed the, the the team sheet. Now, he would do a sort of team sheet for all teams across the school. And uh, we would have a wall in the school where you'd obviously go and check where, you know, what the details are for the games. And um, on the team sheet, obviously gives the venue, the meeting time. And then uh, he, on all of his ones, he had sort of a formation or a starting lineup, whether it be basketball or football. And uh, the the football one, and I said to you, it was really funny because the football one was a three five two setup. Now, having she played, loved. having played, <laughs> you know, I for for any players listening in who have been coached by me over the past two years will know that a three five two is like 
my go-to at the moment. But <laughs> funnily enough, back then, uh, the the year before, I I had the opportunity to play in that that preset three five two that the teacher had set up, and uh, I was the right centre back. Uh, I have to tell you honestly, I absolutely hated it because I had no idea what I was doing. I was uh, one of the quickest <laughs> players. Ariel was one of the worst players. There's no denying that, and I still am today. So I was just like, why am I the right centre-back? I could not overlook the fact that I should, shouldn't have been a, a wing-back or a winger. So what was quite funny about that image, and going back to your question, was the fact that Actually, back then, I didn't play a 3 5 2. I wish I could say I did. And, you know, it's a philo- philosophical inspiration that I've had since day one, but I've not. Um, I'm pretty sure back then it was probably a 4 4 2 classic. It's, um. it, 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 it's, it's flexible. It, it can move. It can move. Uh, so, 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 your teacher, um, and just coming up wrong, gave you quite a responsibility then on the match day, as he said to you, you always get your team, our referee. So, um, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but am I guessing was that quite difficult for you at that young age to have that much responsibility? What did you do as a coach to kind of make sure that you got players on your sides, that you were talking the way that they, it was coherent to them? Or were you not able to do that? Was it quite difficult for you? Did you just kind of let them do what they wanted and you just enjoyed it from the side? What did you do? You remember? Again, I, I guess this kind of comes back to my situation at that time. In, in terms of in, in the school. So uh, what, what I haven't mentioned so far is when I came back in, in year eight, I, I didn't want to, you know, sit sit on my hands and do nothing. Like I had ground to catch up on. And although, although you know, when you look back at your, your schooling years, it's probably more important years in terms of if you missed, you know, you could be qualifications behind or exams behind. I was quite lucky in that sense that there wasn't much really. It was just sort of a level of education and in terms of my football, a level of physicality and uh, technical ability that, you know, I I sadly missed out on for that year and that kind of forced me out of the game in that sense. When I did come back, I, I wanted to do everything I could and I, you know, we had various different roles around the school not just obviously the sports leadership so I think there was stuff like school receptionist school council house captain so I was really lucky in that sense and you know looking back I'm kind of questioning why I was trusted with so many sort of opportunities to 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 go and uh, showcase this leadership bearing in mind that the year before I pretty much missed you know, 20%, 30% of schooling um, officially. And then, you know, on top of that, probably was asleep for 20% of, a further 20% of that as well. So yeah. I was quite lucky, as I say, like, I think the fact that, say, I was, I was in charge of the school council at the time, which was a totally different topic, but just as important. So I think I was really focused on, on the time I had, whatever time I had. I was focused on whatever I was doing. So, yeah, it, it was a really important sort of two-year period for me, I think. that, And I think that has shaped what I am today off the back of that. And will continue to do so, of course. But I think just having a little setback and then, you know, coming back and 
you know, not just wanting to sit back and, and, and you know, uh, back to normal now, you know, sit sit down, you know, stay stay comfy. I wanted to go on the attack and, as I say, make up for the lost time. Excellent. It, it seems as though even they had to deal with a very um, difficult situation at such a young age with the illness, um, it feels as if you want to do your best to make up for lost time when you were back the following year and take on as much responsibility as possible, which I think... It's probably affected you more than just you know, your coaching, as you mentioned, and just your attitude to work ethic as well. Like I sense that you there was a feeling of you said to yourself, be under the attack there, go forward and move forward. So at a very young age, you were doing things that were probably maybe something that you would have maybe thought you would have done a year before, but now you're in that situation, you were like, okay, let's let's do it, let's go with it. Mm. That seems fair as if you had to kind of catch up and really focus then on your on your skills. Yeah, hundred percent. That 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 schooling year was essentially my year of growth, and I don't know. I'd like to think I'd get a year like that again, but I think that that was so niche and unique in terms of the development uh, where I came from and where where I ended up was that that for me on a personal uh, level was just fantastic, but. As I say, I couldn't have done that element and I wouldn't have had that sort of response had it not been for uh, those people around me, especially teachers, uh, obviously friends supporting me. And then obviously, most importantly, family being there, whether that's my brother, my mother or my father and my grandparents as well. So I chucked them all in there, <laughs> giving them all oh. a shout out. But uh, no, they all really helped me. So there's there's no denying that. Okay. Um, but yeah, sorry, just to go back to answering your question originally, um, I think because I did those other roles and I think because luckily the, the, the boys, they they got on well with me and they gave me that opportunity. We, we didn't really have any issues in terms of me delivering stuff or, you know, of course, there may be confusion as to, to points I make or, you know, substitutions or tactical decisions, but at the end of the day, I think they could see it was not so much, um, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to be, he, he's coach, he's got no idea. Like, I think they kind of saw it as, you know, I was a person and I was just trying to help them. I see. Okay. Which, which I think can be difficult. You know, age, really, like puberty and testosterone is kicking in. No, no one wants to be told by their peers what to do. So I can imagine at that age, you were probably... A little bit maybe wary of what to say, but because your your status within the school at that time and you'd earning people's respect, that yeah, it may have an effect on what you're going on to see next. Um, let, let's talk a little bit more then about what happens next after this. So you get your taste of, of coaching at a very young age. We well, don't really coach, and you mentioned that you were unable, fortunately, at that time within the school to do training sessions. So it's specifically working more on the de- on the match days. After that, is there a period of time then when you start to think uh, teenage years that you might want to go to coaching? Is there anything else you do after this to kind of enable that? Or is there a bit of a gap from this period onwards regarding your coaching journey? So, yeah, this this is where it gets a, a little bit interesting, really, because I've given you sort of a, a context of a, a schooling, schooling environment so far. But the, as I mentioned, with the, the sports leadership qualification, in order for me to hit my, my 150 hours, I'd need to be doing a lot of hours outside so you, of school. So you went for the gold one then? You went for the yeah, four, of like course. Her. Of course. Um, I also coached other other teams at the school. 
as well for little tournaments so like they had they would have like a seven aside tournament for the year sixes go and go and coach them i'd love it i'd be there fantastic i've got a team the teachers got another team and it was a it was a good laugh and then other occasions <laughs> uh we're speaking about this one not so long ago actually basketball as well we went to a basketball tournament again knew nothing about basketball back then anyway so it was quite fun uh, doing that but I've not really touched on it so far, but a real important element in sort of my coaching journey so far is 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 a club, a uh, local club called Waveney, Waveney FC, Waveney Youth. Um, they, at the same time of me going for this award, I, I used to play for them. And I think I still, at that time, still played occasionally when I, I wasn't ill I was still sort of on their team on their books and um, my coaches there they, they again they they were fantastic because they gave me the opportunity to go and try a bit of leadership whether it be a little bit of refing in the sessions a little bit of coaching and ultimately I really got I guess my my first breakthrough there would was with their I think it was their they're under nines or under eights um, player development centre. So I, w- I would just assist. They had a couple of coaches there. One of those uh, used to coach a team at my age group. And um, he, he invited myself and one of my teammates along to go and do some coaching. Initially, obviously, those sort of first six sessions was, was more a case of just, just watching, learning, helping all stuff that was, you know, is obviously very comfortable and very good. And then I think, you know, maybe two months in, uh, we were we were set the task, me and my, my teammate, to put on a session. Um, Ooh, so we did. Okay. And you know what? It, it, it really disappoints me that I can't remember or I can't seem to find anything about that session. All I've got, the original sort of letter saying, we're going to do a session on this this day i remember we we did a session for that it went well we stayed there and then i guess i I really progressed from that into uh, saturday football club what i mean by that is every saturday they had a big football club that anyone could go to it was it was like two hours of football fun so you would put on a session a fun session it could be with kids that play at, at the club for various teams it could be kids that play at other clubs it could be kids that don't play for any teams at all basically it was huge it was so huge they had so many i want to say like 20 30 kids maybe per per age group and that's on boys and girls side yeah it's it's such a huge setup down there and looking back that's probably why that club is so big Uh, not only the, the location but they've got five teams per age group and that's because they're recruiting so many from a sack football club because all the kids there are there so yeah anyway i was coaching down there i was helping one of the coaches and distinctly what i remember is he set up and you've got to remember back then we didn't really have the the goals weren't that portable if you if you get me like they were still they had wheels but they were a nightmare to push not like the, the newer ones so we had Two 11-a-side goals. He set up two 11-a-side goals back-to-back. And we did a back-to-back match. And it was one of the, the, the weirdest things I, I think I'd ever seen. 
really. Bearing in mind, obviously, I I, I played a bit. I'd never really played a, a game where it was back to back, and I just sort of plucked his brain for why why was we doing that kind of thing. And I think the best bit about being a coach or one of the characteristics you need is uh, you need to be able to steal sessions and steal ideas and obviously, um, you know, put your own twist on things. And that's the session I, I definitely took away because I, I just couldn't believe it. I've maybe seen it once or twice since, but given how much I've played up to that point, I played a reasonable level at, in that area. You know, I'd never seen anything like it. And I, I, I just was so put back by it by the creativity of it so yeah I, I i did a couple of sessions there worked with a variety of age groups really as i say boys and girls the the one thing <laughs> i you know what i absolutely loved it it was you know every every saturday you'd go there um and you knew you had kids and you knew you, it was going to be fun um and that that whole atmosphere was fantastic and all the other coaches and the staff were brilliant there the one thing I I I, <laughs> you know, I I didn't particularly look forward to on a Saturday morning was uh, having to to put up the goals. Now, as oh. I alluded to a little bit earlier, <laughs> yeah. So I said something that's going to go next. It's a tough bit, right? Yeah, you you got to bear in mind, like I, I've said before, I'm I'm this small, skinny, blonde kid with a high pitched voice, who you know can't 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 lift weights to save his life really so you're, you're then asking him to uh to to, to carry somebody's i mean to be honest like seven aside goals like they were so heavy back then for you know for me it felt so heavy it was good because it it helped improve my strength and you know built up some muscles and all that but i tell you what like that was certainly the 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 point you didn't really enjoy having to lug, <laughs> lug these goals. Um, it was so far. It's like, oh, yeah. It, that that bit was uh, was a bit that I don't particularly miss. Um, but it was a rite of passage, I guess, in in that sense. As um, I say that, 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 that's that's the very early beginnings, the humble beginnings of a, of a grassroots football coach is assembling the goal and moving them around the pitch every morning. Yeah, yeah. Those that would put the goals up. And I was one of them, you know, we were quite young, young guys. So um, uh, quite a few of them were, they were coaching together. They had their own sort of group. Um, then there was just odd people like me work with a different coach completely. Yeah, it was mostly young guys just carrying these goals. And yeah, like uh, I'm pleased I've kind of outgrown that because um, <laughs> that, that's something I miss. But you know what? It made the, uh, the, the actual session a bit more enjoyable. Yeah, just just knowing that once you're actually ready to go, you was like so relieved. You you didn't want it to end. You <laughs> literally didn't want it to end um, because you knew you had to put the goals away after. Uh, but not <laughs> <laughs> with the second quality. It's up to goals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess stepping stepping block for me because yeah, not only did I do that, you know, once I I got to I think. I remember 14, age of 14. I think I then sort of went to take my uh, referees course, which is where this story kind of takes a slight detour, I guess, really. Uh, the reason why I got into refereeing was because my neighbour, he who's, who sadly passed away, um, he was you know, very big in our in our local refereeing society. And, um, I mean, he, he, he refereed for 
you know, years and years. He was so experienced and such a well-known figure within local football anyway. So, yeah, I, I thought, you know, around those schools, sort of jumping back a bit, you know, when when I couldn't really play, when I rediscovered that, you know, when I returned back to my, my team at Waveney, that I wasn't really good enough to cement a place in a side anymore, uh, which ultimately saw my, my playing minutes decline, understandably so, as, you know, it gets more competitive as you get older. At which point I, I kind of, you know, spoke with my parents as, like as much as as much as I enjoy playing I don't enjoy not playing and you know I I don't enjoy having to go on long journeys just to to play five minutes or ten minutes and for me I felt like there was a more beneficial thing for me to do and that was to to get into the coaching which obviously brought us onto that pathway with the the PDC and the Saturday Football Club but also, at the time, I was thinking, having spoke to my neighbour, what what about refereeing? So I took the course, uh, thankfully passed first time. Uh, very, very nervous on that course. I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think there was just so much you needed to know. At the, at the time, as a young, young boy, it's going to be interesting to see it put into practice. So, yeah, I, I, I finished the course, continued doing coaching on the side. So I would still do my coaching Saturday mornings. As I went into like high school, I'd still coach Saturday mornings, but then I would, my focus was more on my refereeing and I, I refereed um, their local youth league, a uh, really well run league out there, really well run. And I refereed on that for a, a good number of years, predominantly refing. So compared to obviously Rob, you you know, with, with the league we're, we're in with, uh, the youth leagues in London that are more sort of centralised refereeing appointments. The leagues around there, because I think it was a, a little bit further apart and a little bit wider, the appointments were made by the home clubs. There was a little bit more trust and emphasis on the home clubs finding a match official. So I would get a, a nice uh, local game down at Waveney on a Sunday morning and um, a Sunday afternoon as well. And uh, yeah, I just... Just sort of did that, loved that, uh, worked through a number of different age groups, different, obviously both genders, different formats, 7v7, 9v9, 11v11, worked my way up in, in terms of that side, used to referee at, uh, at some of the academy uh, games down at Ipswich, um, also obviously after I left there, went on to, to do a couple of games with Arsenal, Millwall as well another one um so i covered quite a bit of ground in terms of my refereeing and i was quite lucky because um my parents my grandparents and they say they were really supportive but even my my mentors at the time in the refereeing sense they gave me a lot of feedback i mean i made a lot of mistakes i, I think probably one of the the biggest blunders i think i've ever done rob it was about midway through a second half of a game now i was being watched for this game as well by uh, one of my mentors i don't know what happened i think we stopped it because i stopped my watch because of the uh, the kid tying their laces or something like that and um i i totally forgot to restart it completely forgot to restart it oh, so there we are okay. 10 minutes 10 minutes on i'm thinking oh you know and i i check my watches quite a bit anyway i'm thinking oh you know what's what's funny like it's, it stopped like 
so then I'm like, oh my god, what? You know, I've just noticed it's it's been stopped, and I I I know I've not looked at, at that watch for a little while. So I'm now thinking, how how long? Like, how long has it been, and how long have we got left? Just as someone's now asking, how long's left? I'm like, oh my word. So now I'm having to to look at my other watch, um, which, <laughs> again. This is this is a tip for anyone that does want to do any riffing or anything like that. Uh, your second watch is meant to be your, you know, uh, another stopwatch as well. Um, I had it on, I guess, normal time, so it would say the time was I don't know twelve forty-seven. So at which point then I'm now suddenly thinking, right now I've got to work out how far into this game I actually am. Um, so yeah, I, I, quick maths. I mean, I, I put it this way. I definitely cocked that one up. Um, and I think, um, from memory, I, I think my mentor said, uh, I, I finished the game like five, 10 minutes early and he, he was there. Um, and, and like, I was like, well, you know, what, cause he was like, what is it already over? How long do you play? Uh, I said, oh, we play this. And he was like, oh, like you, you've still got 10 minutes, five, 10 minutes sort of thing. Um, to which point I'm like, oh. Uh, so I'm like, well, what do we do? Um, and thankfully, he's, and this is the thing. This is, I think, a real big lesson I learned from that. You own the mistake. Um, and I feel like this could be transferred over to coaching as well. But you own the mistake. Um, I, I could have. Probably, you know, it, it wouldn't have gone down well, but I could have, if I wanted to, walk off and, and just sort of say enough's enough, you know, that's it, goodbye. You know, thankfully, my mentor was there and he, he picked up on how long it actually was cut short by and sort of encouraged me to go back out onto the pitch and to, to bring the teams back and go again, as in finish off the game, which logically makes sense. But you got to keep in mind, you know, at that time I was, I think, as I said, you know, blonde, skinny, short, short boy um, that was, I think, 15, 16, maybe when this happened, uh, refing uh, teams of players that were two years younger than me, because uh, that was always the guidance you had you know, when you was up to 16, you had a year gap. So, I mean, that that took... Uh, you know, a lot of co- looking back, that took a lot of confidence really to go, go back out and have to do that. You know, I'd see some of the kids in school or knew, knew of some of the kids m- from coaching in, in middle school and all that kind of thing. So it was hard. It was hard to go out and do that, but you had to. You had to really. Obviously, it's always key that scenario, but as you quite rightly said, I can imagine just the, the lack of. Um... I guess like a self belief that someone might have that situation because they know they've got to get a rollicking potentially or some criticism for this. So own your mistake and dealing with it sometimes gets a better response sometimes because people are like, oh, okay, that's cool. How are we going to deal with it? And then you said, we went back in to finish the game, which is a great example of, yeah, my mistake, we finished the game, that's it. It's over done with rather than being abrupt since end it 10 minutes early, like you said, some people would have done as well. So yeah, that's, that's a really good point there. I agree with that. Now, there's no denying, I mean, off the back of that game, um, I distinctly remember, I came over, I was so upset because I, I, I knew I dropped an absolute clanger, really. In the grand scheme of things, it weren't the World Cup final. It was like an under-14s game. It was not even a, a, a cup final or anything like that. It was just a, a league game between two teams 
probably from what I can remember was like mid table. So it wasn't even <laughs> a team could get promoted or relegated. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I think you just know when you've made a mistake, you've made a mistake. And I, I did that day. There's no denying that. Accountability there, Danny. So, so I'm, looking, I'm listening to what you're saying right now, and I'm really painting a picture in my head where you're still a teenager, you're still relatively young, you're starting to subside and reduce your amount of playing time because you feel as if minutes you're getting at Waverley are going to be less because that year that you've missed physically and I said technically yeah. mentioned of development. So you're focusing now on other areas. So you're now focusing much more on coaching and also the issue of referees come in where you're now taking that upon yourself as something you want to do. You as a person here, are you missing the playing side of things because you are really young or are you thinking to yourself, right, this is now maybe a path I want to focus down and I can maybe become the best football coach I can be or the best referee I can be or are you so hard on sports to play football at this time as well? Mm, good question. The And again, still to this day, I think every you know, for those that have played the game um, and have had some involvement in the game, I think you do miss playing it. There's no denying that. There was definitely elements of, of missing to play, but I would say that's that's more maybe now, now, you know, now rather than back then. Um, I think for me the the big point was, you know, obviously we're we're inside the London bubble, but you know the sheer travel for for. A, a game to play away, you know, we could play some county games and I, you know, the town I lived in, uh, the position where that town was, it was like at the real top end of, of, of the county. So to go from sort of top end of Suffolk, bottom of Norfolk to sort of a game that could be in Ipswich, maybe, it, you know, that would be fine. That'd be, that'd be good if you knew, you know, it was a journey worthwhile or if it was a, a game that you was uh, good, you know, looking forward to being a part of. But I think to go all that way to play five minutes or 10 minutes, uh, that didn't really appeal to me just purely because I knew deep down that I wasn't good enough anyway. So it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a case of, you know, bad, bad thoughts towards the coaches or anything like that. It was more a case of, you know, this is this is a, a wake up call that you know I I need that you know football playing football as much as it's every lad's dream is not you know is is, is not going to happen. There's no way it can happen really. So I decided to go down this other path as I said, um, and uh, it again I was probably really fortunate in the refing sense that um, like with with the coaching at the school, the, the adults that I interacted with and worked with, they were actually really good to me. I know there's a lot of stigma you know, around that time, potentially, um, about it being sort of a uh, refing being old men, um, coaching being old men, um, and not so much sort of young blood coming in, but they were really welcoming to me and they shared their knowledge. They helped me out um, in both both sides coaching and and refing yeah i i think had it not been for that i think i'd be really gutted because i would have having been on that journey i you know i experienced some fantastic moments um in my in my playing days you know we had a a local our local league we had a couple cup finals we never won 
Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, to to I guess to really complete that circle was uh, the opportunity to go out and to then go and ref a cup final that you know a couple of years ago I was actually playing in. And the good thing about that was I knew no matter what, no matter the score, I won. <laughs> um, of course, yeah, yeah, you're holding your your centerpiece of the showcase world finals. You'll you'll make sure that game goes along well with the issues, no incidents. So yeah, quite a lot of responsibility at still a young age, which I keep mentioning. And like I say, I think it it was I, I was very lucky with the environment I was I was sort of brought up around um, because people were willing to empower me and that that saying like they could have quite easily said no or they could have belittled me or tried to force me out of the game early doors but you know I, I, because of their support and because of their their influence I'm, I'm still in it now on that point Danny were there any specific or particular mentors that you had on the refereeing and coaching side and if they were what did you learn from them regarding your coaching and refereeing at that time Oh, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, this is this is going to be really hard because I've had so many. From the refereeing side, I, I had two, I, I guess, two or three mentors throughout my time in that area. You know, at various spells, one would be more active than another. But I think that was good. I think that was healthy because you've got differences of opinion, differences of point of view. Um, and that that needed to happen because they would spot something maybe someone else wouldn't spot, and it was good to get ideas and bounce ideas off off other mentors. Um, so from a refereeing sense, it was more. I guess it's hard really to to pinpoint certain things to certain mentors because it's a little bit wider scoped. Um, okay. Whereas I, I think with my coaching, so uh, one of one you know a couple of the the coaches, I, I got a little bit of. Uh, mentorship off of were coaches that used to uh, run a FA skills program basically it was free football for I think between five and 11 year olds boys and girls um, free fun football and anyway the couple of the coaches there they were they were real top coaches real top coaches and they'd all played for uh, my local club uh, Lowestoft they they played at a decent level. They played at the FA Vars final, uh, which is which was played at Wembley, sort of a couple of years prior to that, really. Um, and they were at the end or had finished their playing careers anyway, so they were they were in their early sort of coaching careers by this point. And um, yeah, they 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 took me under their wing. There, I did. Um, I I helped with their sort of their Lowestoft uh, centre. Um, so they would have sessions on like a Monday night um, and I'd go and help there every, every Monday night um, for a good, I want to say, year and a half maybe. And that was really good. I, I'd go down there, I'd watch watch what they do, help what they do as well, assist where, where needed. And a lot of those coaches, no, in fact, all of, all of those coaches from memory are now in good coaching positions. So one, you know, two, two of the, the coaches... Um, one one called Jamie Godbolt. Um, he now manages Lowestoft. Wow. He, okay. Yeah. That's a that's a big step from coaching to to working there, and then eventually becoming manager. So that's a fantastic journey for him as well. Wow. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm I'm skipping out a lot of his steps. Um, yeah, he did a lot. <laughs> he went to a lot of clubs before that, but that you know, he's that's where he is now. Um, he's got Andy Reynolds with him as well. He um, he used to be Lowestoft's goalkeeper. He's he used to coach at FA Skills, and now he's coaching there. There's a a guy called Matty Potter. Um, he I think he's at Galston now, which is another club like Lowestoft, but a little you know a little bit further down. Um, I think he's their first team manager there, or has been anyway. And uh, is, there was a lady called Paige, uh, I think, and last name was Shotton. Um, and she, one of the coaches with the um, Ipswich women's side uh, that did really well. And obviously they got that, that massive uh, cup game against uh, Man City earlier on in, in, in this year or this season even. Um, so it's quite it's quite interesting, really, because I look back at all of those coaches and being in that environment, and I picked up lots of little things from them. Uh, so, for example, Matty, I, I remember distinctly, as well as this sort of Monday night sessions, we we would have holiday uh, courses or holiday days, I guess, when obviously school holidays were in. And his, I remember distinctly with him, his focus was a lot around the futsal stuff um, a lot round um, <laughs> he's the first person I think I've ever seen use music during a session um, and, or at the start of a session uh, when like kids are arriving and they're playing 3v3s now it's not just sort of any any old music it's music that has like a high tempo or a high intensity um, and the idea is that you know it gets a, the blood pumping um, and gets the beat, the high beat gets the, the players moving quicker. So it was interesting. There was little things like that, really, and just watching their delivery and setting oh, the big one they did there. And the big thing I learned from there was they set players' challenges, individual challenges, a lot. So they would you know, do a classic coaching drive-by where they pull, pull a player out and just sort of say, oh, what did you do there? How did you how did you do that? Uh, what could you do better? Um, and then sort of just setting little challenges. Oh, okay, so for the next two minutes, can you try and do this for me? So yeah, that was really good. I've rambled on a lot there. I don't know where. I think the question was mentors, wasn't it? Um, but <laughs> there, there was so, so many influences. I guess you should cover the direction that you mentioned three particularly. While his manager there or below stuff, one that's working at Goldstone you mentioned, and someone else at Ipswich. So you covered, you know, the, the question I answered there, which is brilliant. Um, and it's always good to hear from a, a fellow coach or someone within the industry of the little tidbits they mentioned. So like the guy discovery, you know, giving someone an option to look back and reflect on what they've done or many challenges. It's always fun to learn that for the first time from someone for watching them. Um, I'm also quite impressed that you did the. Uh, the FA Skills mention, which I think is another way of learning at the very youngest level or the, or at the early stages where it's not tactics or formations, it's more about putting the session together and making it enjoyable and fun. And you learn that way of what people can pick up on with the buzzes, what didn't go so well without having that pressure of three points or a point from a game. So that, that's brilliant that, that that all worked there within two different clubs, Waverley and also with Lowestoft. Okay, so that brings us to the end of part one of our fabulous podcast that we're doing with Danny Cook. I'd like to mention that 
we've covered quite a lot of Danny's, I guess, early humble beginnings as a, as a football coach. Um, and in part two, we're going to focus a little bit more on present day and what he's doing right now with a club called Kinja Football Club. As mentioned at the start of the podcast, you can catch up on all of our content just by looking at our website, which is halftimecupper.com, or via iTunes by searching Halftime Cupper. Okay, speak to you soon, and I hope you're looking forward to part two.